Hello and welcome to Inside Life Podcast. This is Inside Life, a podcast on life, love, faith, health, family, finance, education, business, and so much more. You should listen if you're on a journey of growth and personal development and you want to evolve into the best version of you. I am your host, Nifesi, and thank you for joining me on this podcast. On today's episode, we have an, an amazing, brilliant, and awesome guest. Her name is Yeti Williams. She is a social entrepreneur, a parenting and abundant living for moms coach, and a neurolinguistic programmer practitioner. She has over 20 years professional work experience spanning digital marketing, financial services, consulting, real estate, oil and gas. She is a graduate from the University of Pittsburgh with a BSc in economics, minor mathematics. She also holds an MBA with a focus in finance and strategy from the Yale School of Management and an executive degree in strategic digital marketing from the University of Cambridge. As a life coach, she helps women live their most abundant lives through a brand slay with digital she helps businesses grow with digital media using a proprietary seven c's as the founder of nigeria's premier and first parenting blog lagosmoms.com she has grown from passion to purpose to profit and build a brand from scratch by following a passion and using digital media to create an engaged following over the years she has worked with several clients on the digital marketing strategy, some of which include SMEs and multinationals such as Procter & Gamble, Nestle, Friesland Capina, Nivea, MTN, schools such as Green Springs, Shore International, Midow All, several UK boarding schools and many more. In 2019, Lagos Moms was selected to train parents, students, and teachers on online safety through Grow with Google. She's a sort of to speaker and has addressed several parents, women, and students on various matters such as parenting, 21st century skills, work-life balance, digital citizenship, and more. She won the award in the Exquisite Lady of the Year Alloy 2015 category for social media slash online editor category and was nominated in the digital media entrepreneur category in 2019. Lagos Moms convenes annual parenting conferences which brings together thousands of parents, experts and vendors. She's always learning. She loves listening to podcasts interesting she is a self-taught techie and loves helping other women excel in all areas her services include abundant living for moms parenting coach and slay with digital consulting for businesses trust me we had an awesome awesome amazing and enlightening time recording this with her live you should join us on our next live podcast all right enjoy this bye everybody thank you so much for joining in you're welcome thank you so much i already introduced mrs williams during the publicity for this program so thank you so much for joining us she's going to be speaking with us for some minutes 
afterwards for 30 to 45 minutes then afterwards we can send in our questions as she goes on so thank you so much mrs williams over to you now Ma. good morning good morning um, thank you i i jumped off and just came back in so um you might have already discussed it but um what am i supposed to do for the next few minutes you're going to talk to us about intentional parenting. Then anybody who has questions okay. after you finish talking can bring it in. Although I also have some questions that some people have sent in before the meeting here. So that's just what we would do. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you. Okay. So good morning, everybody. Um, thank you for... Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you so much for inviting me to your platform to have conversation. Um, so my name is Yeti Williams. Um, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a social entrepreneur. I wear many hats and, um, you know, maybe I should explain a little bit about my, um, my experience or my background and why I do Lagos Mom. I just want to confirm that everybody can hear me fine, right? Yes, we can. Uh, yes, we okay. can. Okay, so um, basically, why did I start Lagos Moms? I started because when I became a new parent myself, I found myself asking a lot of questions. And as you can imagine, a lot of us when you become a new parent, um, you are expected to ask your mom, your mom-in-law, and get information from them or raising children. And what I found was that in addition to that, I used to go online quite a bit to try and get information about raising children. And that's when I found that there was a huge gap. There wasn't really anything for me as a mother in Lagos. I was with people like daily. We started from them. I'm sure there are other parents that have questions around raising children and they don't necessarily only want to rely on their mom and mom-in-law. And in my case, one thing really stood out for me, our aunt in the early days when I had my first house, she's not 13, our argument about um, whether or not I should feed her exclusively. So I had done a lot of research and desires to actually breastfeed exclusively for six months. And you know, when we were children, that was when, um, when I was a baby, I remember my mom saying that was when formula started to come in and it was something a lot of parents were using. So she couldn't understand why I wanted to seem to be going backwards, you know, to do this exclusive breastfeeding. And they just really couldn't understand why I was put on, putting myself through that stress because I was feeling on demand, I was all of that. So it was one of the first times that I was like, <laughs> but the doctors now are saying that Exclusive breastfeeding is okay. Children don't need water. It's okay to just do breastfeeding exclusively. And honestly, the internet helped me with finding some facts and research that showed that things had moved toward um, recommending breastfeeding as the best. So those were one of the first things that made me say, ah, here all this information I can find online that's helping me make sense of what my doctors are saying versus my, my mom and mommy law, who I love and I get along with. But it was important that I also had another sort of information. So that was really what started this whole journey on you know, parenting, being a more intentional parent, you know, being a more hands-on parent, raising children in today's world. And I called the journey 
my three P's, my passion, purpose, to profit. So the passion was really just, you know, asking for information around raising children today. Some things are different. We have technology. Um, we need to research about the best school, where they go, how to choose the best domestic staff, how to raise them. So many things that I was so interested in, and that's why I created the platform. I call it purpose because in, in initially I started with just an interest for myself and I wanted to connect with others who have the same questions. Over time I found that you know what? This is my purpose. I love doing this. I love reading information. I love researching. As a child, I used to love writing. So it all came together. Um, I was connecting with women, mothers, people that had all kinds of questions. And I thought this is amazing. I really, really love doing this. So I continued to do it. I continued to expand what Lagos Moms initially started out as, which was just to be a platform for us to come and ask each other questions. I started creating content and researching, you know, how to choose the best schools, how to hire domestic staff, what to look at, how we shouldn't repeat everything. The way we were raised doesn't mean it's 100% okay. How do we make sure that we're only getting better? You know, things like that. And the, the third P, which is the profit part, that came when I started getting calls from companies to say, you know what, we've been watching you have a very wholesome community of parents and we would like to have you maybe talk about our products or services. I remember the first time I got that request, I was like, really? Me? You know? Um, the call I got was from a pretty big company, a um, multinational that said, we've been watching you. And that's why I tell everybody, and my children, I'm very big on this, that your digital footprint is so important. Because people are watching, can see what you're doing online, whether or not you know they're watching you. So you better be putting your best foot out there. And that's for mm. everybody. And it's mm. much more important for our children to understand that. And I think why I focus so much on some of these things is because I've seen it work in my life. I've seen it happen in my life. You know, so when I got that call and they asked me, send us a rate card, we've been watching you, we love your community, we love the kind of content you put out there. And guess what they also love? Love the fact that I was focused. Now, on, on, mm -hmm. on the basic of it, you know, that um, when it comes to parenting, it's not the most exciting, right? It's not exciting per se, quote and unquote. But we kept very focused on just parenting. So I'm now coming into how this international parenting has continued to grow and in what it is. Um, so basically, um, we got that call, and I think that was the first thing that I thought, really, you mean there could be a to this to this story? So that's just to share my background with you and how I moved from passion to fit. I mean, passion to purpose, purpose to and to profit. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, should I go on now? I'm talking yes, you, you may. Okay. Yes. I want to talk about intentional parenting and what does it mean? Over the years, one of the things I found out, I, I assume, I'm not sure, but many, many of us on this call might be mothers or parents in general. And if you are not yet a parent, you are, you are, um, you might have influence in a young person's life. And one of the things that I have found is if you are, if you are not whole yourself, if you are not whole as an individual, you cannot be best to anybody. So I'll say that again. If as an individual you are not whole, you haven't healed, you haven't asked yourself certain questions about where you are in life, why are you there? Are you happy with where you are? If not, what are you doing about it? 
But if you cannot take responsibility for those types of things, I dare say it's very difficult to even be, a, be an intentional parent. For me, intentional parent means that you're very focused on the ads that you are raising. So when I talk to my clients, I coach them, a lot of my parenting talks and everything, I tell people, parents, that the first thing they must do is realize that they are not raising a child. Did I say that again? You are not raising a child. You are raising an adult. And because you are raising an adult, it's important that you go in, you go ahead of, I do something called the Parenting Vision Board. You go ahead of you and you say, this adult that I am raising, and you do this exercise for each child. Each child, each child is unique. So you have to really delve deep and say, if I'm raising an adult and I'm raising Bosse, you have to go forward and say, when Bosse is, pick an age, maybe 25. At 25, what do I want Bosse to be able to do? Or at 22, what do I want um, Femi to be able to do? You start to look at those things and say, you want them to be what? God-fearing? You want them to be um, independent? You want them to be resourceful? All those things, wonderful, write them down. The next step of that is when we say certain things, it's easy to say it, but we don't know the work that goes into making it behind the scenes. That's intentional and different. If, for example, you want to say or family experience in the future, you need to ask yourself, what does that mean? A lot of us say that do a rough poll here. And then you put in chat for me. When we say God fearing, for example, what does that mean to you? It'll be interesting to see what people say. When you see God fearing, you are you still with me? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, we can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I was saying that you when you say God fearing example, some people think God fearing just means telling the child to be scared of God and know that God can punish bad behavior. But that has not trained that adult to understand how they themselves can grow their own faith. So do you see the difference from saying, I want to raise God for a person and say, what does it mean to be great? You want that child to build an inter- intentional relationship, intimate relationship with God themselves. So there are certain things you will start to do, even from as young as two years, to ensure that that child grows up to be an adult who has a deep relationship with God. Some parents end up doing all the praying for the children. Children don't learn how to build their own muscle, for example, of praying. So those types of things, to do that all around in every area. When you're choosing a school, why are you choosing that school? I was, say, I was saying that, um, yes, that, so you know, when I talk about intentional parenting, honestly, the big thing, the big takeaway is just be intentional about everything you do. Be, 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 be clear on why you're doing what you're doing. And I think when you pause and ask yourself those questions, you start on that journey. So even when you're picking a school, don't just pick a school because your cousin is going there, your neighbor is going there, your friend said it's good. Have you done that exercise that I talked about, which is, the kind of adult you are raising. What kind of school do you want? You want a school that what? Are you focused on a school that's just about academics? Are you focused on a school that's about raising a child that has um, extracurricular skills? You have to ask yourself those questions. When you are going to look for a school, 
you know what you are looking for. And there's a good school on every budget. I tell every parent, there's a good school on every budget. No matter what your budget is, there's a good school for you, for your child. But you must know what you are looking for. And then that just carries over into everything, how you discipline them. There's a difference between positive discipline and punishment. Discipline is to correct. Discipline is to teach the right thing. Discipline is not punishment. Punishment just in that moment punishes the child. You might not have taught that child anything about what it is that you want them to do instead. So that's really the exercise of what it means. And, and I think the more of us that are intentional, first of all, we will raise adults who understand rules, understand value, understand why they're being told what to do. They will learn how to ask questions. We need to stop that African narrative that says children should be seen, not heard. Don't look at me in the eye when I'm talking to you. You know, don't answer back. And because I said so simple, that is not an answer for a thinking human being. A child cannot say why and you just say because I said so. That has not said anything. So we need to stop thinking that being a good parent and having respectful children means that they shouldn't speak. They shouldn't ask questions. They should. Obviously, you teach them to be polite, but you want a child that can ask questions. Some of our children that get abused is because a lot of them have been taught that when it comes to somebody who's older, you should never question somebody who's older. So when you raise a child to be scared of authority, when somebody is doing what they shouldn't do, the child doesn't even think they have the right to come and mention it to their mother and father. So I've talked about many things, but I think it's really important for us to realize that this intentional parenting, you need to be focused long term, and then you build it into your parenting plan from day one at home, <clears throat> at home. So I think that's quite a broad intro, and I think we can use that to maybe start having deeper conversations but parents, and, and I think the thing I'll end with is during this time when we're all, we've all been, we're all going from, it was first coronavirus pandemic, which is still ongoing, to schools being shut. Now we have the NSAS issue that has happened. Our children are seeing all of this, so I hope you know. They are seeing it. They are feeling the anxiety. They are feeling the tension in the air. They know everything that is happening, more than you think. Maybe not everything, but you get the idea. They know what's going on. So you cannot afford to say you will not talk to them about it or fool yourself to think that they don't know. It's better for you to give context to what is happening because they have internet just like you have internet. They can see okay. anything online just like you can see it, but they still require and rely, they need their parents and older people in their lives to help them make sense of it. So based on the age of your child, please be intentional, sit down with them, Understand how they're feeling. Like I tell my children, no emotion in itself is bad. You can feel any emotion you want to feel. It is what you do with it that matters. So some children can be scared now, they're anxious, they're worried, or maybe they don't have anybody to speak to. That toxic stress and anxiety is bad for a child. Suddenly they can't go to school. They just open school, they've closed it again. The children are reacting to that. So please spend uh -huh. time talking to them, understanding how they feel, and answering them honestly based on their age. You know you yeah. need to So that's my quick intro to Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. In fact, you've talked, I have quite a number of questions and you have talked about them, but nevertheless, I still want to ask those questions as we move. So first, 
um, especially with the current state of things in the country, we just recently there was a pandemic, and so the end-sass protest that just went on, and um, the killings at the Lekki Gate and all of that. My question is, how do you explain social and political events to your children in such a way that you try to, you don't want them to go through the oral because it may just be too much for them to take. But nevertheless, you still want them to understand the enormity. You want them to get a grasp of the full situation. How do you explain? How do you help them to see it? Because, okay, for example, there was a story I heard very recently, just today I think I saw the story, about a little boy who, when they had their career day in school and he was asked to dress, to, to be dressed as a soldier, so his mommy got him the costume and everything and he was so proud putting on that uniform that day everybody on the road they were greeting him officer saluting him and all of that and just very recently his mom when the lekki gate massacre happened and um, he saw his mom was watching the news and he was there with her and he saw the soldiers killing those people so he asked his mom that why were they shooting these people are they thieves? and she could not answer she had no response to give the boy. So all through that night, according to the mother, she was one reporting the story. All through that night, the boy was emotional. The following morning, he woke up and told his mom, he packed the soldier uniform and he asked his mom to get rid of the uniform, that he doesn't want to have anything to do with that uniform again. He no longer wanted it. So how do you explain this situation to your children? You want them to grasp the enormity. You want them to understand that this is what is going on. This uh, this is the situation that we are currently facing in the country. But you don't want to expose them to the horror of the entire situation because that was horrible. It was a really horrible situation. So how do you do that? Yeah. You know, that's a great question. And in that example you gave, see what you said. The child asked the mom already that, why were they shooting them? Were they thieves? So that was a child that already knew what happened. This was not mm-hmm. you going and saying, come and sit down. I want to tell you about what's happening on the streets. So I think I will, I will answer that in two groups. They are the group okay. of children who have no clue what has happened. And the only reason okay. I think where there will be a child that has no clue what has happened, maybe that child is five and below. Mm, exactly. Mm-hmm. So a child that's five and below, it might be too... They might not even know what's happening because maybe they are too young to sense. They might just, you know, children can't speak, but they might sense tension in the air. They might sense, oh, mom is crying or dad is sad. That what's happening. So what you can do with children that young is to just try to be, um, to be more, to be, to be sensitive to them. Because however you are feeling as a parent, I don't, I don't think I know any mother who has not cried over what happened at Lekito. There's no mother who hasn't cried over that. Um, so your children are bound to have seen you cry. Like in my case, they saw and they asked, and I'll deal with that next. And there are some who haven't seen, you who, who cannot speak, but they know that ah, there's something in the air. Let's not forget that we, we're, we're three parts, right? So our, our spirit, our soul, it can pick up things that you can't put in words, but your children are sensitive. So for young children, just try to be as calm as possible. Feel the emotion, but don't let yourself wallow in that emotion. Now let's talk about this situation where this this young boy asked his mom, why did why were they shooting? Were they thieves? And the mom didn't know what to say. So the mom didn't answer him. She didn't help him make sense of what happened. She didn't know what to say. Maybe she didn't say anything. Let's just paint that picture. That maybe she didn't know what to say. So she didn't say anything. 
But look at what she said. That child was emotional all night, right? So that was a heightened state of negative emotion because this child didn't know what happened. This child somehow understood that this bad thing happened, but the child hadn't been able to put any context behind what happened. Maybe mom and dad couldn't answer because they didn't have the answers, or they themselves were so emotional, they didn't have the answers. That child went to bed maybe all night scared, maybe crying, maybe just shaking all night. In the morning, that child woke up and had made a decision, right? That Uh anybody in uniform is bad. Uh That child has decided that, you know what? Anybody in uniform is bad. He packed up his, he packed up his uniform and gave it to his mom and said, I don't want any part of that again. Let's use that, that is not, that is not intentional parenting. Intentional parenting is putting yourself aside and saying for this child to be asking me this question, this child is trying to make some sense of what's going on in their head. And they rely on their parents or the adults in their lives to help them make sense of it. So what does that mean? So let's leave that story and move to reality. If your child is six, seven, I'll ask you, what is happening? You need to, I always tell parents eh, that parenting is not, you don't have all the answers all the time. That's the truth, you know. And there are a lot of teachable moments, which means what I call teachable moments are things that come up and happen and you, you are forced to deal with it in that moment. So you might not have had a perfect answer planned, but you know that in that moment, this is a teachable moment because my child is going to learn something critical from this moment. So I must be ready to deal with it. So you want to tell your child within context, this is what is happening. We're trying to get better leaders, you know. So some people were protesting for that. And unfortunately, we had some, 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 some people who are the army, for example, they made a bad decision and they went oh. and they hurt them because they didn't want them to continue protesting. You know that answer is that you've given that child some context. Okay, yes. this is why they were protesting. Eh, okay, so it was some people that made a bad decision. That, but because is that not really what has happened? That is what has happened. But you've said it in a simple language that a child can understand. Based on how inquisitive that child is, that child can say, ah, but what would then happen? Why would they do that? Does it mean that all police are bad? Does it mean that is when you will start to know how deep you need to go based on what the child is asking you? So for some older children, this is a time to start telling them, you know what, see, you can use technology for good and for bad. You know, if they didn't capture some of those things they captured, all the things going around saying that it didn't happen, you know, it's, you. so do you see how you can help them make sense of what has happened? You can tell them, older children, that you know what, some of the good that has come out of this is that they are now starting to look into creating um, panels to look, look into things that have happened. We haven't had that so as parents, one of the things we must always do is end things on a positive note as much as possible. So see what I just said there. That oh, all those things, but see what has happened now is that actually some things are happening that didn't happen before. Now they've put together a panel to look into these things that have happened. You know, that gives a child a sense of, oh, okay, all is not lost. Even though what happened was bad, huh? We're having some positive out of it. You can have a child, the children know that looting has happened. They can say, why are people looting? Is it the same protesters that are looting? Because if you're not careful also in that moment, that child can think that protesters are thieves. But that Uh is So how do you help a child make sense of that? If a child asks you, is it the same protesters that are now 
stealing and looting. So they are bad. You have to help them make sense of it, that you know what? We had peaceful protesters, but some people took advantage of it and they turned it into something negative. But that, you know what I've heard? If they say what, be like, I've heard that they started picking up some of those looters and they're going to punish them for what they did. Do you see you also help that child make sense of it? That they are yeah. good protesters, but they can be bad people, and that's life. There will always be good people, and there will always be bad people. Okay. What do we want? We want our children to understand that as a fact of life, and we want them to always be on the side of good as much as possible, and help them know that making wrong decisions is something human beings can do, and that they will usually justice will prevail. So that I hope that answers the question. We you need to be able. Yes, it does. It really does. So, yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you. So my next question, um, it's also in line, so I just want to ask that before I go on to other things. Um, but I'm going to start first with what happened, my own experience, my personal experience during the time of this test. I can remember that my mommy called me, I think on Monday, and she was like, oh, well, I wanted to ask if you'd be going for the protest, but I'm not going to ask because I know you will go. So mm. please. <laughs> I live on the mainland. So she says, so please, if you will go anywhere, don't go to the ones at the mainland. Just make sure you go to the ones that like it. I've been seeing them shooting and everything, everything. That was on Monday, last Monday. So she said, go to the one at Lekki. Don't go to the one anywhere around the mainland. I said, okay, that hurt. My daddy called me. He said, oh, this and this has been happening. No. He asked me, will you be going? I didn't, I didn't respond. I just said, okay, sir. I didn't respond. Mm. But my mom, my mommy knew I was going to go. So the following Tuesday, that was when the incident happened. And yeah. she called me that night. She was crying. I could imagine how she felt because mm. she had just called me the previous day, telling me to go to that place mm. if I want to go anywhere. She was trying to save my life from something. But, you know, and the parents of people who went there, these people who were there, the people who were shot, the people who were killed, they have parents. How do you as parents deal with the fear, especially with the things that is going on in the country at the moment? You know, people are afraid, whether or not they like it. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with the fear? Because if you want to protect them from injustice, it is happening. You don't want them to be a part of it. But then the injustice that some people are going out to fight, if you don't fight it, it will still come back to kill you if you are silent about it. How do you, you know, despite the fear, make sure that you produce something out of it how do you cope with that as a parent yeah i hope you got that question i got it and it's it's very tough you know this is one of those you know and and i say this is parenting is on the go it's on the go there's no well packaged anything you can download from somewhere and say "Ah, this is just what i'll do on this day chapter one chapter two chapter three certain things happen that shake the foundation and you know i will speak from my perspective i'm a christian and a lot of things that have helped me to make sense of what's going on, even from the beginning of the year when the pandemic started, is God's word to help you ground yourself and to help the children know that. So for me, remember I mentioned earlier, for me, obviously, one of my um, goals is to raise God-fearing children. But what does that mean? Not just a fear, but for them to understand that God is there as their rock. And even though things don't make sense to us in the physical, there's a bigger plan and that God's word concerning each and every one of us will not return to him for it. You know, there's a calming, there's a calmness that comes from knowing that no matter what, God is on the throne. Things may be tough. And as I mentioned to the children also, the, the, the Bible is not a storybook. It's not story. You know, it's not just to entertain you. 
those those stories are real life they happen and there's a lesson in everything so to answer your question what do you do at this time when there's so many there's so much fear that's true there's a lot of anxiety i remember i also mentioned earlier no emotion in itself is bad we are so, oh, if you are not feeling if you are not feeling some fear or worry right now then there's something wrong with you uh-huh. let's be honest uh-huh. if in all of this you are just sitting down doing party like nothing happened then there's a problem uh-huh. you are supposed to feel those things but okay now that you feel the fear and you feel the anxiety and you feel the worry then what that's where the work comes then what what is your plan so it's important that the only thing we control is what goes on in our heads our thoughts mm. our attitude and our action none of us control what's going on outside not one single one of us so your mom for example who told you go to this place that she thought would be the safer one exactly. it turned out it was not safer it was actually the catalyst for all of this damage and looting and loss that has actually happened since last week you know True. i mean it's a, it's a week and a day now so we mm, don't true. know but what we must do is deal with every emotion when it comes up so what do mm. we do now yes we're living in a land that governance has to change and that's one of the things that we are doing at home is talking to the children about how yes sometimes people need to speak up because bad governance cannot continue in every part of the world people that got changed they had to do it through some blood and sweat and tears that is the oh. truth so you also want to paint that kind of story for them every country in this world even the america we all talk about we know what happened we, we know how they got to where they got to we see what's going on today jonathan we know black lives matter is something that's still ongoing but a child in america will not sit at home for morning tonight and not go out because there are some bad police not every police is bad what will a parent tell their child there if you go out if a police call you just put your hand on the steering wheel don't let them think that you're pulling out a gun you know i live in the u.s and i know that was one of the things as a black man if you're driving you just put your hand on the steering wheel if they stop you because you don't want any story same thing with nigeria we have to start thinking okay what does this mean if a child is going out if i have a young adult what conversations am i having with you about what you are doing on the street so your mom called you for example said don't go to lekki that was her understanding of trying to protect you what has happened has happened yes we are fearful but we are thankful that you are here we are thankful you were not caught in crossfire okay what does that mean how are you feeling now what are you doing now imagine a parent is not talking to a young adult and a young adult is saying strong head i'm annoyed in fact when the coffee is over i'm going back there to prove a point that would be very stupid let's be very very stupid sometimes you retreat so that you can be strategized. Exactly. So what do you do with that? Okay, we're still we still haven't gotten where we want to go to but get get to but guess what as a nation we have made much more progress than ever before. International people are involved. They are setting up panels to talk that people are vocal now. People are talking. You can't they can't kill everybody now. People are talking. So you know those are some of the things that we must deal with and face and this is our country. Not everybody can leave Nigeria. Not everybody can get on a plane mm. and move. So we must raise exactly. a generation that understands that this change has to come. I, I think we've gotten to a tipping point. This change must come. We just continue to pray for mm-hmm. peace in the land because if we don't pray for our leaders, we will not have peace in the land. So we need to stop cursing them. Let's pray for them and then pray that they start to make the right decisions because that's where we are headed. So I, I hope, you know, it's a very emotional situation yes. but we all have to take it chunk by chunk. 
and say, and okay, what, what now? Let's deal. Let's not hide our head in the sand and say, hey, mo, uh-huh. mo, 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 no, no, no. Yes, let's let's do something uh-huh. about it. Yeah, exactly. You you mentioned something. Thank you for that. You mentioned something, Ma, that we need to raise a generation. And that's my next question. It leads me to my next question. Okay, so the, the next question is, how do we pass on the touch to the, gener- the other generation? How do you raise your children in such a way that you don't want them to be passive about the situation of things going on? You How do you? Because this also boils down to, um, let me just talk about them. You mentioned something else whilst you were talking. You talked about um, the fact that in the African setting, there is what they, there is a saying that children are supposed to be seen and not heard. And you know, your your mother, whilst we're growing up, your parents will beat you for you know for doing something wrong. Sometimes you don't even know that what you did is wrong, and they would not tell you what to do that is right. But you just know that you should never do this. But you don't know what to do. And after beating you and you cry, they will still beat you for crying. So <laughs> that, that was the way we grew up. So how how do you raise a children, a generation of children that are not silent, children that um, can that that will be assertive, that will see that okay, what is going on around me? Injustice to one person. You you help them to. You don't raise them as an individual. That okay, all that matters to them is just me. As long as me and my family we are okay, because that was for the person. That was just what it is. As long as me and my family is okay, how do you raise a generation that truly, really cares about the welfare of other people around them and, you know, of the country in general? How do you do that? Of children that are not silent, but children that would actually care and become patriotic citizens. How do you do that? So you, you mentioned something. You said, you know, how do we have the parents pass on the touch? And there I said, it depends, though. Let's be very clear on what touch we're passing. You know, we joke about the Sorosoke versus the Benudake generation. When you say how do you make children not to be silent, guess what? They are already not silent. They are already silent. You know, you know, Nigeria for me, I have something where I called, you know, parenting style. That's something else I discussed in detail. Um, there's something called parenting style. Everybody has one. A lot of, I don't want to generalize, but for the point of the case here that we're making, a lot of African parents are authoritarian parents. That means they just, my way, wait, don't ask me questions. They will punish you. You don't know why they punished you. They don't tell you what Mm -hmm. to do. Remember I said earlier, there's a difference between discipline and punishment. Positive discipline and punishment. Positive discipline is to tell you how to go why this is wrong, let's discuss it together, understand why I'm punishing you. In fact, sometimes I love doing the punishment setting with the children. Ah, you know you're not supposed to do that. Now that you have done it, what do you do? You know, that's, that you're getting a child involved in the process. Uh-huh. That's all just, I will beat you, I will just send you to your room. What has that taught you? Nothing. So it's the same thing with this raising children that have a voice. You know, two weeks, every year we have an annual conference, Lagos Month. And this year, yeah. because we couldn't meet physically, we did it online. And it was a week, it was a Saturday before this shooting happened. And I think a week, no, sorry, a week before. And um, it, it was a week before. It was a week Saturday. before. And the conversation was actually around Gen, Gen Z, Generation Z. They are between the ages of 5 and 23. And they're the first generation that are 100% digital citizens. That means that that generation, they're the first generation born into a world that's that has that's fully digital. So they don't know a world before. A lot of us still remember, maybe, like my children can't understand that I didn't have internet growing up. They can't understand, you mean you didn't have email. Eh? 
you mean you know they, there are some things you can't understand so, so for them so this digital this digital natives what like digital citizens we as parents we are digital aliens yeah you get we're the aliens though we don't understand the digital world they were born into it so we're trying to raise children in a world that we don't fully understand that's you know so, so parents need to realize that that you know what guess what for every parent here guess what you don't have all the answers and guess what your children know more than you accept it when you accept that these children know more than me they use google to find everything what they need you for is conversation they need you there to validate them they need you there to have conversations to help them make sense of the content they are seeing so content without content very dangerous let me say that again context a big content without context very dangerous so anybody can see anything online but who helps them to put the context behind it for them to understand this is fake news this is true this is not true a lot of parents don't do that and some of them don't do it not because they don't want to they don't know how to to do it so how do you do that so if you are raising how children, do they do that how do they do that so if if you are raising children i'll get to that how to do it. if you are raising children okay. in in a world so please remind me that i want to talk about that so if you have any yes, children yes. in a world where they already have all this information you know what you need to raise them to use this voice the right way and i think that's really where we are they are already a generation that speaks up that speaks out they will ask you questions you know i'm sure you've seen a lot of the memes that go around and i think after every roll their eyes at you you know they'll be scheduling to you like this and the child will understand that ah it means i shouldn't eat Oh, I shouldn't do this. Exactly. Children today will say, what's wrong with your eyes? Why are you? Why are you? Why are you? What's wrong? Why are you what's wrong with your eyes? Is something in your eye? So they will come and embarrass you in front of the person that you are trying to form for. And they will ask you what's And they don't understand. So they are very different. So let's first of all just accept that they are different. However, they need the same things we have always needed as children. Love, nurture, and making sense of the world. So how do we raise them to care Guess what? They already care much more than our generation do. Already. Mm, mm. They already do. by default of the fact that they are connected online. So they see that my brother and sister are abroad. They can do this, they can do that, they can they don't have two heads now. Why are our own different? So it's already different. So we just need to now guide that energy in the positive direction. Mm. Guide them in the positive direction. It is good for them to have feel feel that they have a cause. It is good and we talked about it in that our conference this year. We really delved in generation Z. And one of the main things about them is they want to be part of a cause. When they ta- when they tap into a cause, something they believe in, they have energy for it. They are not lazy. They are not lazy. It's just like if something doesn't move them, they can't be bothered. They just mm. cannot. So you need to work on that. What is your child interested in? And this comes back a little bit to intentional parenting. Pay attention to your child. Every child comes with their own gifts and talents. I believe every child is a genius. It is our job and our role as parents, caregivers, to identify what is special about what is this child's special source. This child that has come, call their name, look at them, understand them. What are they here? What do they carry? Everybody carries something. What's very sad, for example, is when you try to judge somebody who should be a fantastic artist. Mm. they like drawing and you're comparing them to somebody who they can do math in their sleep it's very unfair mm. they have different mm. so as parents do we need to stop this idea that there's one path there is not one path 
there isn't one path to success. The things that are a path to success are those things that will help a child to be flexible. The world is changing. There's a report I saw that said that the jobs our children will do in the future, I think about 80% or so of those jobs, they haven't even been created yet. Created. So you cannot raise a child today saying, ah, you, hey, you're going to be an engineer. You don't know. <laughs> you, you like numbers. That means you're going to, you don't know. So you just need to raise a child that does what is a lifelong learner, is flexible, <laughs> can think, can ask questions, can make sense of complex complex um, situations, knows how to solve problems. Those are the things that for us as parents we can do. And then, of course, let them be good students. Let them understand how to study, how to do work, how to... Because a lot of our children now, they cannot sit down still for even five seconds. They are so useless. You know, they are so distracted. So you need to start teaching them how to sit down and finish a task that they start. Those are the things that we can do, you know? Then, what was the question you asked me that I said? Yeah, content without contest is very dangerous. So how can we help to guide them? Yes. So I have a program actually that I do called Digital Savvy Parenting. And what I do there is that... Digital what? Savvy. Like savvy. Savviness. Okay, savvy, yeah. S-A-V-V-Y. Yes, S-A-V-V-Y. And every month, I share it is something in the digital space that you need to know. It's like a curriculum for parents. It's a digital parent one-to-one. There are basic things you need to understand. Do you know what FOMO is? I'm sure you you know what FOMO is. FOMO. FOMO. No, no, I don't. Okay, yeah. okay. So it is fear of missing out. Everybody suffers that. Even adults, you suffer it. Whether you don't know or not, you suffer it. And what does it mean? It means looking at people and thinking, ha, how come their life is so shiny? How come they seem to be going to every party? Hey, look at how good they look. Didn't they just have a child last year? How come they have lost all this weight? All those things are for me. So you are comparing yourself to people's lives online and you are using it to determine whether or not you are doing well. You are comparing yourself to them. And guess what? Every child who uses the internet, who's on social media, is also suffering from FOMO. So imagine as a parent, you don't understand that FOMO is a reality. So you are not having conversations with your children. You are not noticing that when they get off social media, maybe they are sad. Maybe they are comparing themselves to their friends. Maybe they are crying because instead of iPhone, they have a... They have a... You know, all those things. So... There are some children today that they would rather not have a phone than for you to not buy them iPhone. Eh? That's true. That's true. Even adults. <laughs> Even adults. It's, so it's, a, it's a bias right so now. Imagine you now. So when I say, Digi, what can you do? Fake news is a reality. How many of us realize that fake news is horrible? And a lot of people do not know how to identify real from fake. Even adults don't know how to tell the difference. So if you're not teaching your child that come home, Sure, you know, everything you see online is not true. And they're telling you, what do you mean? Google has all the answers. If you are not equipped as a parent to say, no, come, come. Let me teach you how to know whether or not, you know, this real information is fake on me. I've done that with my children. So they understand that everything they see does not mean it is real. They have to be able to verify. They have to be able to do fact finding. You know, I'm like an FBI agent. So come, when you see something online, these are the ways you will verify whether it is true or not. So they know as young as they are, they know. If they tell me something, oh, mommy, I saw something, I'll be like, eh, where did you see it? They also know that you cannot say Google is where you saw something. You know why? Google is like a marketplace. Anybody mm-hmm. can Anybody. So mm-hmm. Google is not a source of information. You have to be able to tell me, oh, CNN said, or Guardian said, 
or punch said you can't just say i saw it on the internet it doesn't mean it is true so those are some of the things parents need to do is understand that we're in a digital world and there are rules to be a responsible digital citizen so that is how you can help a child to know how to behave online you know there are some people that they don't get visa when they try to travel or they don't get admission to school or they are losing jobs because they do what they google you and maybe they see that you put one stupid post on social media when you were drunk one night simple that job is gone so if you as a parent are not raising your child to understand that come everything you do online is dropping your footprint so your child is not going to know so those are some of the things that we can we can do Thank you so much, ma. Yeah, and I, I think I still have a question in line with that. And um, how do you protect your child from toxic cyberspace? You you answered some part of it, but I remember that I, I I was watching a video. I think it was a documentary on BBC, and it was a lady came up to say that she was disguising as a teenager yeah. and chatting with people, and you know cyberbullying and how that some people were luring teenagers you know mm-hmm. to do terrible things engage in sexual activities she pretended to be a teenager and she said she had about 14 people over 14 people on her list who were trying to get her to do some very terrible things online and with the coronavirus things and everything that just happened in recent times almost every child has to be online because their their learning has been virtual for a while now and there is no way like you said generation z it is just digital their world is entirely digital so how do you protect your children from toxic cyber space how to do that that's a great question and that 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 is that's a topic all on its own too so first of all that's for my awareness and i like what you said that you know everybody's online and all of that but one analogy i like trying to i like using and for nigerians they will get it will you give your child um the khaki and car and drop them on third milan bridge and say good luck oh i hope you get here now we'll teach them how to drive you will make sure they can drive they must get license before they can get on for somehow mm. in this digital media because the thing just landed all of us are just trying to you know well how old is how old is something like instagram instagram is just 10 years old it's kind of yeah it's just 10 years this year yeah. how old is um, google i think google turned 20 last year so the point being all these things are relatively new so we're kind of like the guinea pigs of all of these things but i wish mm. to let my children be a guinea pig for something mm. that we don't understand the damage of it If you don't want your child to be a victim, you need to do certain things. So I'll just answer very simple three things parents can do to avoid toxic cyberspace um you know effect of toxic cyberspace use. Number one is you need to have parental control. So there are software that you can use that will help you to block certain sites, will help you to monitor what your child is doing, will help you to put rules in place to protect them. But remember that rules rules without communication can lead to rebellion. Mm. Mm. Out communication will lead to rebellion. So you can put these things in place to monitor them, but you must also have co- um, corresponding conversations with them why you are doing these things. Because if not they will call you, oh you don't trust me. Oh you be like, "Ah, it's not that I don't trust you, but you know, mm. there are many bad people out there and I'm trying to protect you." Protect so for example, the one that I use for my children 
it helps me to filter anything that's mature content, that's porn, that's gambling. It will not show up if they go to Google for them. It will not show up because I have put okay. that in place. So that's number one, parental software, but you must also have conversations with them. The second thing is if your child is going to be on social media, you need to put certain things in in place. Why are they on social media? Are they old enough to be on social media? Social media itself has an age, right? Someone like Instagram, I think is 13 years old. So if they can put an age, what makes you think you shouldn't put an age for your child? You have to ask yourself, for us, we told our children, you cannot get online to your, you cannot get a phone to your 16. That was what we were telling them. So they understood that they're not getting a smartphone to your 16. They say, why? I uh-uh, sit down. We explained it to them. Mm. See, when you explain, your child doesn't have to like your rules. But what you owe your child is that your child must understand your rules. Mm. You don't have to like it, but they must understand the rules. They must understand that it comes from a place of what? Care and love. When they understand it, I hear one. They might not always like it. Too. When it comes up again, you remind them that, ah, but you know, this is why we said this. This is why we said that. So, by the way, that 16 years old thing changed, though. But because my daughter was 16, she, she understood that it was until she was 16. And she then behaved in a way that showed us she was mature enough to get it earlier. Yeah, get it. But you, you must put rules. You must put. Yeah, that's why you're a parent now. Let's not do as if internet has taken our brains away. You must put rules. Mm. So if your child is on social media, explain to them why are they on? Should they be on? Do you put limits? Some people don't take their phones from their children at night. And the child is not sleeping. In the middle of the night, they are pinging and they are snapchatting. And they will wake up in the morning, they are annoyed, they are tired, they can't focus. And they start to fail in school. And you start to say somebody in the village. It's not anybody in the village. Mm. Because you didn't put rules in place in your house. So that's number two. The social media should be on what age, then put controls and them plans in place. Then the third one is to make sure that they can talk to you. Now, some children, do you know some children have been cyberbullied and they didn't know they were being cyberbullied? Exactly. Some children haven't been taught that come because somebody tells you online that they are busy and they live in Aja and they are 12 years old does not mean that they are busy who lives in Aja, who's 12 years old. Yes, they can be Mr. Smith, who Mm -hmm. is a child um, predator, who is based in in China or Russia. So you have to have those conversations with your children. Just the same way you tell them, don't talk to a stranger. It's the same way you need to let them know that online, there are people out there who are bad and you do not give out private information. You never meet somebody you met online physically. Don't trust that the person online is who they say they are. You have to be doing those types of things to make sure that you reduce the chance that your child is going to be abused because of the bad things that are happening online. And then move them towards using online for good. I think that's one thing parents don't do enough of. We shout about how it is bad, but we don't teach them or show them how you can use it for good. So that's one thing I'm constantly doing. How can we use it for good? Can you watch a TEDx talk? Can you learn about math by going to Khan Academy? Even on this YouTube, instead of job, can you use it to learn something? So that is how we start to replace. No, 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 no. With, okay, what should you be doing when you're online? I hope that helps. Those are some of the things that would be yes. helpful. Guide your yes, children to the right path. Okay, so let me run through the list of what you told us, how we can deal with that again. Please mute your mind. Sorry. 
I've done that again. Okay, so my I would just try to make go through take a recap of all that you just said. Number one, parental control. The second thing, know the why. Why are they using it? And um, create plans around how they use it. Then the third thing is make sure they can talk to you. Move them towards using it for a goal. Using social media for a goal. So my next question, which I actually intended to make my first question, but then that first question was actually very strongly on my mind. So I just wanted just to talk about it first. So the first question, whenever the word parent or parenting comes up, what first comes to mind in our subconscious is that parenting is usually the work of a woman. It's usually the work of the mother, mother needs for the man. And the African setting is that the daddy all he needs to do is to, you know, be the provider. And once that is done, he can basically leave the rest to every other person. Okay, so how do we try to break that and allow everybody to understand that all ants needs to be on deck for this to make parenting successful yeah i mean it's something that has been around for a long time and it's something that will always continue to have to um push but parenting is not one person's job if it was god would not have needed two people to bring a child to the world so it is not one person's job both people need to pull hands on deck so that your child can get the best out of out of life and get the best out of you now i want to address single parents here as well because single parents will say but what if i'm a single parent i didn't ask to be a single parent and i am no problem if you're a single dad or you're a single mom you then want to find other people in your village to help you you know uh, okay i think um, yeah no worries so you know yeah. you need to, you need to say that um Yeah, so parenting is not one person's job. It's both people's job. And we need to realize that. And one of people don't like when I say this, but I say, if your husband is not involved, it's your fault. And I say people don't like that. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, listen, eh? Sometimes I've seen some women who make a man feel so small when he tries. She can say things like, leave him, Joy. You don't even know how to do diapers. Oh, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I'll come and do it. You know, some of those little things. Guess what? Were we born being a mother? We learn mothering on the job. We learn it day by day. When I got married, eh, one of the things I had in my mind was, eh, the husband I married, he would be involved with the children from day one. From day one. So it was something that I was intentional about. So from the minute I we had our first child, I would breastfeed. He would bop the baby. Eh? If I want to, he's carrying his child too. When the child, um, if he happens to be carrying the child and the child needs a diaper change, I'll say, ah, please change your baby. I didn't say, ah, what's it, poo-poo? Ah, the child has to give the child to me. Was I born learning how, was I born knowing how to change diapers? Me too, I have to learn it now. So we need to allow, and I tell a lot of young children, eh, or younger adults, like they say, shine your eyes before you marry. Be clear. And I'm not talking about intentional list that includes he must be tall, he must have this, he must, mm-mm. I want a man that will understand that parenting is not one person's job. I want a man or a woman that understands that we both bring something to the table. Our child will be better for it if we are both fully involved in that child's life. As a result, you start accordingly. So it is not one person's job. I don't know where that came from. I know it's called, even when you look back to our our, our history, you will see that our mothers and grandmothers, our grandmothers and before them, they were not passive. 
were farming. They were do, they were doing things to bring you know they were doing things as well. They were these passive women who are just like oh my god I can't wait to marry. Once I marry ah that's it. I don't that whole thing started becoming a narrative that we started pushing. It, it, it is not it. Yeah. It is not natural. No woman, no human being was born to just sit down and be and, and be somebody's um floor mat. You know? Yes, you're not. So let's start to say, and, and that's one of the things that I'm so passionate about is raising young women and helping them realize, look, you have a voice. Be having a voice does not mean you are rude. Having a voice does not mean you cannot be a good wife, quote and unquote. Do you understand? Together, you're supposed to raise the children together. Of course, there's nature, there's nurture. So there are some things a mother would do differently, but there are some things a father would do differently. And it is not a competition. You know, it is together. We have to do it together. So that's what I advise, is you must try and do it together. And that comment I made earlier of, oh, if your husband is not involved, it's your fault. That's just to create some sensation. I know I know it's not true. It's not that it's fully your fault. What I mean, of course, is that you can also encourage your husband because a lot of our men were also raised with the idea that it's your job to just pay the bills. Pay the If a man is very involved, they will start to name him things. I've seen it happen so much. Ah, woman rapper. Ah, what have they done for him? That we're raised like that. So if we're going to change all of that, you know, I don't. I try not to lie to about things. Let's face facts of what is on ground. Then you start saying, how do I start to change it? If I don't want a child that is raised thinking that it's a woman's job only to enter the kitchen, what can I do now? I have a boy and a girl. So both children, when they finish eating, they take their plates to the kitchen. They take turns clearing the table. I don't say because you are the boy, go and cross leg and be playing video games while your daughter is cleaning the table. No. So those are the things that as parents, we can start to make sure that we are changing it for the future because the homes that are really happy and do well and the children grow up feeling that they can do everything, many times you'll see that mom and dad bring their strengths together. Thank you so much, Ma. So I have um, my final question. So um, it's about children with special needs. As a um, par- as a parent, how do you deal with that? If you have children with some form of disability, how do you cope with it? How do you cope with the stigma that comes with that? How do you train your children? How do you help them with that? I think that's the final question here on my list. So you mentioned something that when a child who has special needs and has, um, you know, a form of disability. A child with disability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first yes. of all, let me be very clear that because a child has special needs does not mean that they have a disability. A child can have a special need and that means that the child learns differently. You know, the child is enabled differently. So first of all, you know, apart from labels, we also need to be very careful not to label somebody who's special needs or the spectrum as having a disability. It doesn't mean that it's a disability. What that child really needs, the parents or parents or caregivers, when I say caregivers, I say parents and caregivers because a caregiver includes the teachers, you know, the domestic staff that's helping in the house, who's spending more time sometimes with the children than you. So part of intentional parenting, you need to say, who's actually in the circle? Who's actually involved in my child's life? Mm. If you have domestic staff, they're part of your parenting. So just make sure you make sure mm. that you're aware of that, okay? So anyway, the, one of the most important things is for you to identify it early. And I think that's the biggest thing. And this is where the parents must work well with their pediatricians. When you're doing all those wellness checks and everything, make sure that you are paying attention to signs early. For some children, as early as two, three, they can tell that, you know what, they are missing certain milestones. 
and the earlier the earlier that intervention happens the more likely that child will thrive later in life based on what their own ability is so i think that's an important thing is that we start to make sure we we identify challenges early we don't just wish it away there's a place for prayer yes but there's a place for you to say there are certain things we must do to ensure that we nip certain things in the bud early and i found so many stories when the mother and father pay attention to some signs and they get intervention early that child then ends up thriving and you'll be like ah, is this the same child that they were saying couldn't talk at three couldn't join us can so it's really important that we do that and there's a lot of resources now that this is where i thank god for technology if you google anything you will come up obviously make sure it's the right information but there's so much out there to help you know when something is a sign of worry and then you can go to your doctor informed because that's another thing some doctors will say don't worry there's nothing wrong and then two three years pass and they're like oh actually we should have done something then so if you know and your instincts and this is where instincts are strong if you feel there's something wrong don't let anybody tell you nothing is wrong until you are very sure that you know what i've seen some specialists and they've told me there's really nothing to worry about okay you have a question if you have a question or because i was going to ask a question before this person you know um how to deal with work-life balance for parents especially now that um work-life the title of work-life balance is changing what it means work-life balance what it means has changed from what it was last year you know this year with the pandemic and what has been going on currently the old narrative of work life work life balance has changed from what it used to be so how do parents deal with that especially now that they have to work from home sometimes but not every time how do they deal with that how do they manage caring for their children caring for them at school attending to their needs and at the same time caring for themselves right So it's been a really tough year for everybody and indeed work life balance has changed you know um however one of the things that i tell you know parents as much as possible is number one you know back to that question you asked earlier that a lot of people feel you know raising children is the mother's job and some of the women that i have found who have crumbled under the pressure during this time where we've all been at home are those homes where the father feels he shouldn't lift the finger he's like i mean it's your job now you know unfortunately there's so many women who are you don't even know how want to know how they are struggling because they are in homes where the man doesn't believe that he should do anything so she's stuck by herself taking care of the house cleaning cooking doing laundry because there are some homes that they also you know their their domestic staff also left during this period so it's only yeah. the man doing everything you know so we have to be kind to ourselves we have to be kind to ourselves we have to realize that you cannot do everything When I speak to women's gathering physically, the first thing I do at some point, I'll tell all of us to imagine a superman cape, superhero cape. You know that they are coats that they wear to show that they are superman. I'll say all of us, oh yeah, let us tear it. Just tear it. You are not superwoman. You cannot do everything. First of all, let's get rid of that idea that you can do everything by yourself. When you get rid of that notion, it reduces the pressure on you. So you have to look at your 24 hours. and you have to break it down into chunks. So what I advise is you create a schedule. If you are working for yourself for example, you can decide that between this time and this time I will focus on the 
helping the children in school because young children need you to sit with them if they are older like mine for example they are older so apart from making sure they are online and i've woken them up in the morning they don't need me until they close but for some people your child needs you to be there in that case maybe you want to say okay my child is in school from 10 o'clock maybe till i don't know two o'clock okay i will try to make all my meetings all my important meetings to be from 2 30 to 5 because there's no point trying to have a meeting when your child is shouting in the background or your child is saying mommy 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 i can't i can't submit the work obviously it won't be perfect but you need to look at your day and be honest with yourself what can i adjust for some people they work in an office so they don't have that luxury to say oh meetings will only be now and then what you can do is mm-hmm. to tell your talk to your boss talk to your team yeah everybody has to be flexible now even bosses have to be flexible mm-hmm. and this is so let's not be scared to ask our boss to, to to help us have a plan so sit down and say uncle auntie this is the situation at home can we set a plan where maybe i work you know three days a week maybe and then maybe you have to be willing to take a pay cut maybe so my point is we have to be flexible speak to your bosses look at your home setting and say what can i do at home to support this new life your child is in school online at home somebody has to support that child if you and your husband can do it together why not share it maybe 10 to 12 is husband sitting with the child 12 to 2 is mommy sitting with the child so that you can all plan your day you need to have a schedule that's the only way to not go crazy that's what i believe if you don't have a schedule right now it will be so overwhelming you can't even you can't even think you can't even function talk less of saying self-care talk less of saying you know mom has to be whole dad has to be whole to take care of the child so you need to put a plan in place and the third thing is all those months of wanting your child your house to be speak and span and clean more at this time you know that's not that important your mental health is more important so get help where you can accept that certain things right now are really not that important if you don't wash the clothes every day what's going to happen what is really going to happen? Nothing. Maybe you can wash it every two days. So that's my answer is you have to be flexible. You have to be willing to try different things. And you cannot be scared to ask for help. Please ask for help from your spouse, from people in your compound, from people that are your neighbors. Anyhow, ask for help. So I think majorly we should be willing to adapt to change. Yes. And things may not be the same as things evolve. We should also learn to evolve. Thank you so much, Ma. I think we'll have to draw the curtain from here so that we can release it. Does anybody have any more questions? Any more questions? Any comments? Okay. So there's something here. Okay. This person is saying, obviously, children learn not from their parents alone. So in a situation where I have a brother that happens to be a drunkard, and the brother is very close to my children. Now, how do I balance the relationship between my children and my brother without creating a gap between them? Serious. Then there are two questions. So maybe we can take them together then just wrap it up. In addition to, okay, let me let you take that first. Let me read that again. If you didn't yeah, read that, that again, I didn't, I didn't get okay. that question. First one, yes. Okay, okay, okay. This person is saying, obviously children learn not from their parents alone. So in a situation where I have a brother that happens to be a drunkard and the brother is very close to my children, now how do I balance the relationship between my children and my brother without creating a gap between them? 
Okay. When you say without creating a gap between them, I'm going to ask you what's more important. You know, um, what's more important? You are focusing on children. You don't want your children to pick up bad habits. So, I mean, that question might have a bit more to delve into. But when we say a drunkard is the person always drunk, is he always drinking? Does he reek of alcohol? Is he making decisions that are erratic because he's a drunkard? I mean, there are so many more things to, 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 to delve into on that part. But what I'll say is if you have somebody that's a, that's a negative influence, on your children and they have the chance to quote and unquote mess up your child's view on what is right or wrong you as the parent have to do what's right for your child first it you understand do what is right for your child first so if you're if you if your brother is having negative effects on your children then you must find a way to reduce their exposure to him that's the truth. You have to find a way to reduce the exposure to him. I also don't know how old the children are, but you are right. Children pick up from everybody around them. So if you seem to be condoning this behavior in your brother, your children are going to be learning, oh, it's okay to be a drunkard using your own words. Then you are raising children who are, who are thinking it's okay to be like Uncle XYZ. So you need to balance that. Okay. So um, there's one more question that I In addition to sorry in addition to differing on responsiveness and demandingness doesn't parenting also differ in the extent to which they are characterized by third dimensions which is psychological control i'll take that again i, I just asked you to your mute so if you want to explain your question by yourself While we wait on that, I also noticed that there's somebody here who puts they don't agree. So I don't know if that's somebody that wants to explain what they mean by what they don't agree okay. with. If they're interested. Okay, yes, 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 yes. I think I saw that too. And I think that was when you were talking about um, how to, when we're talking about how to balance things, parenting, making sure that it's not just for, it's not just the job of the woman alone. Desensitizing okay, that notion, the notion that it's just for the mother alone. So I don't know what the person doesn't agree with. So if you want to explain yourself, kindly do that. Well, I don't know. I think it's probably, it's still on this call, but then I don't know how to reach out to him. So. Okay. Yeah. You may just as well take this question later. Are there any other questions or are there any other questions? Okay, we could give him a few more minutes to join us. Something here. I need to check. Sorry everyone. Okay, so he has explained what he doesn't agree on. What I don't agree is when you said it's the lady's fault that the husband does not agree and enforcing your husband to assist is not really a good idea. There are other alternatives like a house help a house help is not a parent simple you don't have to agree with me but a house help can never ever replace a parent's role in a child's life when i say and of course i talked about it it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek when i said it's your fault you know i discussed that as well 
what you know but indeed i do think we need more people to realize that parenting is both people's jobs everybody has a role to play i wouldn't suggest of course that you then have marital challenges because you are saying my husband must be involved and enforce it and now put your foot down and be you know turn it into a problem you have to do it with wisdom you have to do it with wisdom but i think it's important that we start to change the narrative that if a husband doesn't want to involve be involved there's a household i have domestic staff but there are certain things that certainly only my husband can do it you know um and i think it's really important that we don't he's not he's not a babysitter he's not doing them a favor by being involved in their life he's supposed to be involved in their life and i think when we start to realize how important that is we start to change the narrative how self can do things like help you clean help you cook help you do laundry but that quality time that a father and mother can spend with a child no household can do that and that's what i'm talking about so even as early as the one of um when i mentioned like feeding the baby when she's young changing diaper and all of that your husband doesn't have to change diaper but what i've seen is the husbands and the fathers who are involved very early they build even this is also research this is really research as well if a father who's involved from day one they build a connection with the children almost as close as the mother because they were involved from day one this is brain based science research so when you have a father who thinks i cannot get involved my job is to just be school fees they never go for any open day in school they never attend any play in school they never do all of those things guess what you are leaving such a huge part of your relationship on the table unfulfilled why all it takes is from you to change certain things and i'll tell you when i say wisdom my husband is very busy but one of the little things i do is when i get the calendar at the beginning of term for each child i put it into his calendar as well use technology to be a friend i put it in his calendar and you know what he does he might not attend 100% of the plays but sometimes he will adjust his day in such a way so that he can be there for that play he can be there to attend that event who benefits it's the child You know child how you know how loved that child feels that wow mom and dad mm-hmm. take time out of their busy schedule to come so that is what i mean so you don't have to agree but this is one message i will continue to be on this table both of you both father yeah. and mother must be involved and do it in a loving way with wisdom with wisdom but you must both be involved that's my opinion exactly, yeah. exactly. and at the end of the day remember that you are also by the things that you do your actions and inactions your parenting practices your parenting style is also a communication to your children and that's going to be the springboard the platform that they are going to learn from to also you have an example for them at the end of the day whatever you do they would either try to run away from that in the future or they would either copy it imitate it and become better at it so whatever you want to do don't forget your children are also saying and that's what they would eventually do too in their own life at the end of the day So I I think we lost the other person he is not here to okay. you know explain his question but nevertheless I want to say thank you so much ma and thank you so much it was a very very great time I have learned so much that I'm going to put into practice in my life and for every other person here as well I think I believe that that is the same testimony for them thank you so much ma for joining us thank you very thank much thank you Thank you. Thank right. you so much. Thank you everybody. Have a good yeah. day. You can all yeah, get it. Yeah, and you too have a good day. If anybody needs to, you know where to find me, Instagram or the website. 
anybody who wants to get yes, in touch. Yes, so at Yeti Williams on Instagram, you can find that Yeti Williams. Then Lagos Moms also have as a blog. You can just type on Google and press LagosMoms.com. You will get to find them on whatever questions you need. You can always reach out to us on Instagram. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. It was a great time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. And I trust that you found it helpful. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, your comments. You can leave me a message by clicking on the message icon on the screen. If you're listening to me via Anchor, all you need to do is sign in and you can drop me a voice message. That is great, right? I get to hear your voice just like you're hearing mine. Interesting. If you're also listening to me on Google, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or whatever platform it is that you're listening on, you can like this podcast, you can rate this podcast, you can drop a comment, you can also subscribe to this podcast. Yes. You can also drop me a message at insidelifepodcast at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Never forget, you're a wonderful person. You're special. Do not forget to take the message of this podcast and influence change wherever you are because you are an agent of change and you have the ability to make sure that things work rightly wherever you find yourself. Do not forget to share with friends and family. Thank you for listening once again. I am Nifesi and this is Inside Life.